Okay, good morning. We're, we're uh, holding on Dafay on the base, um, the last middle sized line. We, we stopped this Gemara last week, but uh, Hashem, now we're going to go through it in a little more uh, stage by stage to try and um, draw out the Hadoka. You'll see each little bit has quite a bit to discuss. The Gemara begins, Tanya. It's been taught in a brisa. Abba Binyamin, I know, that Abba Binyamin, he says, he used to say, I'll shenei him over two things, Hayiti mitzayr kol yomai, I would pain myself, I would push myself all my days. Number one, al tefilosi shetehelik nei that my tefilah should be before my bed. V'yal mitzayr shetehelik nusunah bein tofen ledorit. And number two is that my bed should be placed between the north and the south. Now we're going to go through one by one, or one of, each one at a, on their own, and we're going to analyze what it means. The first very wide line, that my tefillah should be before my bed. My mitosi. Ask the Gemara, what does it mean before my bed? If you say then it means literally before my bed. So he would stand there and daven in front of his bed. That can't be. Because Rabbi Yehuda used to say, Rabbi Yehuda and some say it was Rabbi Yehuda and Navy who said this. From where do we know that somebody who daven, that there should be no division between himself and the wolf. In other words, he should, dive, he should daven directly to the wolf. Shenema, as it says in the Pasuk, Vayasiv Chizkiyahu Ponovel Akir. And Chizkiyahu turns his face to the wolf. Vayispalel Anidavon. So we see that there's an Indian at least to daven directly to the wolf with nothing in between. So therefore it could not possibly mean that he was davening in front of his bed. Now before we go on to see what he did mean, what's the... Um, if we, if we, in fact, let's take a look straight, straight at the Tosus here. Before, in fact, before we look at the Tosus, what's the reason behind this? Why should it be that a person cannot have anything between himself and the wall when he's davening? And the answer is, not because it looks like he's davening towards that object. The reason is the Rambam says, it's brought to the Beis brings the Teshuvah of the Rambam, I think the Abu Dram brings this Rambam, that the, the reason is because it's going to disturb a person's kavon. This is very, very important because we'll see it has other applications, other ramifications. It's because if a person's got in front of him, he's got something else there, his, his uh, concentration may be distracted by whatever's in front of him, therefore he should have nothing in front of him, he should dive directly to the wall. That's what we'll see soon some applications of that. But if we take a look at Tosavus, there's a small Tosavus there, Shalayyehe Dovar on the right hand side, Shalayyehe Dovar, Tosavus, Benulabin Akir that there should be nothing in between himself and the wall. But something which is fixed, says Tosus. Could go in Oren table. For example, if you've got an Oren, literally a cupboard, a book, there could well be the Oren HaKodesh, but the table or a big, literally a big box, but again, it could be something like this, or which person's davening. That's not counted as a, as a division. It's fixed. But a bed, the reason why the Gemara says it couldn't have been he dove in the front of a bed is because a bed is not fixed. 
Now the base Yosef straight away picks up on this. What do you mean a bed's not fixed? Do you move your beds around at home? You move it around from room to room every night? So the base Yosef, it would seem that we're not talking about the bed on which a person sleeps. In those days, they used to have two sorts of beds. And um, that, we're not talking about the sort of bed that a person would sleep upon. We're talking about the bed a person would recline. More of a chair, something like that, a person in which a person would relax. But he says, for our beds on which we sleep, people don't move those around. And therefore, that, of course, would be considered something which is kavua. Be considered something which is kavua. Now, the Taz is not happy with that. And this is going to affect the Hadotah. Because the Taz, he proves that, the kid, so he says, that can't be Peshat. I mean, we're not going to go into why he says it's not Peshat. But he says, that's not Peshat. He disagrees with the, with the uh, Beisiyasev. He proves it from Gomorrah's. And he says also, because otherwise, why didn't the Gomorrah say over here? It could have just said, you know what bed he, that he's done in front of? His bed, which was, his bed, which was, um, he, which he slept upon, in which case it was Kavua. So he says, rather, he says a tremendous Kedush. He says, Kavua doesn't mean what we think is literally fixed, as in you can't move it. That's not what Kavua means. Kavua means, this is the way he learns it, it's a very Mechudosh in the Roshan of Tosis. But he wants to say, Kavua means it's there for the purpose of Tefillah. He says, the Nafkamina being, let's say you've got a Shtender in front of you. You've got a Shtender which you're davening. It's movable. He says, everyone davens with a shtender. It's movable, so how do we daven with a shtender in front of us? Right, you're correct. It has to be, we're going to see, yes, it's got to be ten tzvachim by four tzvachim. Many shtenders would have been that size, they say. Definitely ten tzvachim high, that's not, not a question. So four by four tzvachim, it doesn't have to be four tzvachim all the way down. As long as at the top it's four tzvachim, which is about 30 centimetres, which definitely seems to be here, and about that way, but uh, definitely this way, it, it, uh, it's Fort Spartan. So yes, as he's mentioned, although there are those who disagree, but the, the Shulchan Aruch passes, it's got to be 10 Spartan high, which is about 80 centimetres, 80 to about a metre, and um, Fort Spartan wide. At least at the top, it's got to be Fort Spartan wide. But let's assume the Shtender would have been that sort of size. So how could people dive another Shtender? What's the answer, says the Taz? Because the shtender is there for davening. That's called kavuah. That's the way he learns kavuah. The Bach also seems to take a very similar, takes very similar lines to that. However, the Morgan Avram says it's not Mukhah, and the Kitza, he doesn't, he doesn't agree with that. It will increase on the one side, on the other hand, it will also, also interrupt because you've got stuff, you've got what to look at. So it doesn't matter, that, that doesn't matter. It's, if it's in front of you, the, the head is only above your eye level, as you're going to see. Something which is here in front of you, you're looking down, you... The problem is not that only you're looking at your scissor, it's you'll start looking around. So you look down, you look to the side, it's got to be that it's, there's, there's nothing in front of you because of that. I mean, I don't know what's so interesting about Ashtender, to be honest, but then again, I don't know what's so interesting about that. Apparently, that can disrupt the person's cover. So, what's the, what's the, as I said, the Morgan Avram, it's very, very difficult in the Russian to say that. The others just say that it's, uh, it's got to be Miyukhara Tzvila. Maybe the, the Morgan Avram says that's not Pshat and Tosis. But the Rashbal says this idea, something which is Miyukhara Tzvila, something which is there for Tzvila is not a problem. So, what's the final Allah? Let's just go through some. 
some very, very interesting halachas here. If you look on, it's page one, I think I've given these out backwards. I will say these, this handout, I have not checked it through, it's probably got quite a few mistakes. You need them before it goes on the, uh, it's uploaded onto the website, it will be checked through. And as I've said before, do not rely on this halacha, check it out if you've got some. I mean, I've given you the main, uh, the main source at the top there. Um, check it up, speak to Rob if you've got any shyness. But, um, one or two, as we said, the reason is because it interrupts a person's kavana. That's, as we said. So therefore, if for whatever reason you can't, you can't daven right to the wall, not everyone's able to daven to the wall. We don't have a Mizrach here, which is uh, long enough for everyone in the shul to daven to the wall. So then, um, the Eitzah is, again, mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, is close your eyes. So the Mishnah Burra Kedarki often says this. Wherever it says close your eyes, he says, or daven from a siddur. If you tell people to close their eyes, but many people hold that it's, if you want for Kavona, based on a Vilnagon, that it's uh, a Segula for Kavona is to look in a scissor. So he says the same idea. If you can't avoid davening with something in between you and the wall, then just make sure you daven with your eyes in a scissor or, towards, uh, or close your eyes. Um, based on this, the, there's an important halacha. Again, this is mentioned in the Ramam itself. Is let's say you're davening with curtains in front of you. Says the Rambam, is no problem, the base yes, it says there's no problem to have curtains in front of you. That's not a heftig, it's part of the wall. But if the curtains have a very nice design on them, it's an eye-catching design, then that is a problem, because it's going to have exactly the same effect. You're going to be looking at it, you're going to be thinking, wow, that's a nice design on there, a nice picture. Again, I don't know what constitutes a nice design and what doesn't. But something which is eye-catching, something which is going to disturb a person's kavona, is a problem. So too it says it's wrong for those who print Siddurim to print cartoons and pictures in them because again, if a person's davening from the city, his mind's going to be too busy looking at the pictures. I, I don't know, I'm not, so I definitely didn't put this down on the sheet, but I was thinking people who daven from phones, I don't know how it works, but if you can get things popping up in the middle on the phone, you'd also presumably have a little bit of a problem. If there's anything there to distract, people seem to be very busy, you know, exercising thumbs on the phone. It could be there would be other problems with a... Uh, with, um, Based on this, there could be a little bit of an issue with it. But uh, as I said, I don't know how they work. I'm not, uh, I've never tried it myself. So, but that is the, the basic idea. And therefore, they say, if you want to put nice things on the walls, make sure they're above eye level. So, presumably, if you would be dumbing to this wall here, I don't know if that is above eye level, but if you've got people's names before, you know, the Ilinishmas, maybe that should be above eye level. Again, anything which could distract people's kavana should be put, says the Mishnabrura, above eye level. So, people can't get distracted. Now, next question is, so does that mean that um, you can't have anything between you and the wall? Practically speaking, so what does that mean? So, as we've said already, anything which is fixed, is both fixed, it's there fixed to the ground, it's very, very big, it's not going anywhere, and it's there for the purpose of spiddle, such as, let's say, these things, uh, whatever you want to call them, benches, at which people daven in a shul, they're fixed to the ground, you can't move them, and they're there for the purpose of tefillah, that's definitely fine. That's the holiday is, whether you say kavua means for the purpose of tefillah, whether you say they're fixed to the ground, they can't be moved, you're definitely fine on that. If they are not fixed to the ground, but they are there for the purpose of tefillah, so as we said, it depends on the task of Morgan Avram, but the, the final halacha says Mishnah Brura is if they're there for the purpose of tefillah, such as a shtender, such as a shtender, it is not a problem. But, 
says the Mishnah Bura, if you can avoid it, and you can be Machmir for the Taz, right, the Taz who was worried about this, um, sorry, I've said it the wrong way around. Let me say that again. We've said, if you've got something which is both fixed and is there for the purpose of Tzvidah, then you're definitely alright. If it is just um, fixed, in other words, it's not made to be moved about, but it would not usually be used for Tzvidah, that is where the Mishnah Bura says, strictly speaking, you're alright, because that is definitely the simple reading of Tzvidah, that's definitely the way the Morgan Avron, the Beit Yetif understands it, but he says, if you can avoid it, avoid it, because the Tal wasn't too happy with that. So in other words, if you've got, let's say, in front of you, a bed, even though this bed is not going to be moved about, if you can avoid it, better to, to do so. But, going the other way around, if you've got something which is moved about, but it is there, it's there only for the purpose of tefillah, such as a stender, that is, since its primary purpose is there, primary purpose is there for tefillah, you need not worry about that. That's the way... Okay, so that's the only case where you should maybe try and be a little more machmir is on something which can be moved about, sorry, which cannot be moved about, but is not there for the purpose of filler. Then there's room to be machmir. Now, as was quite correctly pointed out, only objects which are, number one, fort for him wide, which is, I've given it here, the, the, on the sheets, the, all these, Dimensions are based on a machlekes between Reb Chaim Noah, who says a tefach is eight centimeters, and the its attributes to the chazanish, but it really goes earlier. Is this idea of um, he says the tefach is nine point six centimeters? There are views which hold in between. Reb Moshe Feinstein got it. That's what I put from eight centimeters to nine point six, and based on that, so you can work out. I've given you the dimensions on here: four tefachim width and ten tefachim in height. That's like a Rosh Hashanah, like a Rosh Hashanah, only that is considered a problem. Small objects in front of you wouldn't be a problem. But once again, obviously we have those who hold that they are a problem. So, um, because they say they still disturb concentration. It could be small objects, they can still disturb concentration. So again, if you can avoid it, avoid it. If not, you definitely the, you've got definitely more than what to rely upon and if they're smaller than these uh, dimensions. As for animals, I don't know if anyone's got any pets and uh, they've got the pets standing in front of them, you know, to sort of um, attached to, to, their, to their owner. So that's their pet. The Mechaba says it's not a problem. The Ramal says it's a mistake. There definitely would be a, a problem. Now, pets may not be so uh, personal to most people, but what about human beings? Right? Human beings. So human beings is definitely not a problem. However, if one can avoid having even human beings in front of him, in other words, davening directly to the wall with no one in front of him, that's the absolute ideal. Okay? I've just pointed out there, the, the Shari Teshuvah does say, he brings an opinion, although he doesn't really agree with it, and the Mishra Brewer doesn't even mention this opinion, I think it's the Prichodos, who says that, that such a Chumrah, to be mocked that even another person shouldn't be standing in front of you, he says, somebody who's mocking on that, Nikra Hediot. It's called a, uh, whatever you want to translate, a hedgetist. In other words, it's a chumrah which has no basis. As I said, the Hashari Teshuvah says not so, so mucha. The Mishnah Burra doesn't even quote it. So it's a minor. If you can, very good. But again, you don't have to go start dominating in a different room or something like that because of it. If you can, very good. If not, not to worry about it. One last very important point. So for the people who, not everyone gets a seat up Mizrah, 
So, if you're davening in a place, the prima golden hole, if you're davening, let's say, in the middle. So, if I'm davening here, and I've got an object ten meters away from me, but it still is between me and the wall, is that a problem or not? So, the prima golden says no. Because if you've got four spoken between you and the object, four spoken, uh, sorry, your four armors, outside of your four armors, there's an object, about two meters, then it's not a problem. Not a problem at all. So if you can find a place where literally there's nothing, you know, there's, if you want to be extra mahmir, if you're dominating in a very empty shul, and you can find a spot where there's no one within your four meters in front of you, then even if you're not dominating, you've got that extra, extra chumrah, um, as we said, extra maira, if you want hither. But as we said, the bottom line is, practically speaking, it doesn't normally work. And therefore, it's nothing to worry about, definitely with human beings. And even if there's objects in front of you, if you can't avoid it, as we said, it, it's not, it's a, it's a miler, it's an extra thing to do to, to protect your kavonah. But it's not an absolute prohibition to the extent that there's no way around it. Close your eyes, look in the scissor, try and concentrate as much as you can. That is the, the way to get around. Um, one last halacha before we move on is, does that mean if I'm davening in front of a mirror, I can do the same? Obviously, davening in front of a mirror presents a bit of a problem of concentration. People, you know, busy looking at their hair. Is there, does that mean if I close my eyes, I can get r- around that problem? And the answer is, no. Because davening to a mirror, the Mishnah Bura is quick to add, has another problem to it, and that is, that it looks like you're, when you bow down, it looks like you're bowing down to yourself. Never, even though you can't see it, but somebody in the onlooker looks like you're bowing down to yourself. So therefore it's forbidden to dove in front of a mirror. Okay, that's... Yeah, and a Hanami glass, if it's, if it's got the same, if you've got the reflection, you can see your reflection in the, in the glass, yeah, presumably. So pull something across it, uh, you know, the curtains or something like that, and uh, that would be a way around it, yeah. So, Al-Kabonim, that's the halakha of davening to the wall, yeah. Yeah, because a picture, that's what we said, because a picture is, I haven't actually mentioned the Dafka picture, but we said things which, sort of, uh, curtains which have a very nice design, and will attract, a, you know, disturb a person's, con- a person's concentration, then yes, if you can't avoid it, close your eyes. Painting, same thing. They get anything like that, it says, Mr. Burr says, you should, any paintings you want to do, put them above 10, before, sorry, above people's eyesight. So that, eye level. That's what we're saying. Again, so either daven somewhere else, but if you can't avoid it, close your eyes. Doesn't, he doesn't talk about that here. He doesn't talk about that here. Yeah, if you'd have something like that, it could be. could be. If you'd have something which uh, the users of it as well in times gone by, the one thing he does mention, I didn't put it down on it, I didn't think it was particularly relevant, is he says, the, the, it mentions about um, sheep which have tiflis on it, which is, uh, it was, it says, it says the Kutum used to use such things. You're not allowed to sit on that for davening. And the Tal says he doesn't understand what's the Kiddush now. You're not even allowed to bring it into your home because it says, the God says, the Makkah, it's low sovi, sovi, you can't bring an abomination to your house. 
So if it's, it depends what the, what the, but you're right, I mean, something like that wouldn't be a Toivo. Yeah, if, if, if there would be a problem, it looks like you're bound down to the, uh, to that, uh, design, then yeah, it could well be. Yeah, and economy. It, it, it could be, yeah. Yeah, it could be in Hilkos Abedazorus. He doesn't talk about that. He does refer. I think it's, there is a reference to Yeredea where it speaks about Hilkos Abedazorus. Okay, so that's our Lachos. So we've ruled out that. That can't be what Abedazorus is talking about because you can't dive in front of a bed. Right, well, it, because he said it was movable. Whatever the reason may have been, he couldn't have said that I was tired to dive in front of my bed. So what did he mean? There's the Gemara. Um, three lines down now in the wide lines. Ela Emorali, you should say, not lift name Rather, he meant to say, Solochonimitosi, near to my bed. Now, in other words, what that means is, I made sure I was very much fit to daven straight away after I got up, before I started doing other things. Now, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Solochonimitosi, I'd say it's about a quarter of the way up on the left hand side. Solochonimitosi. He says, Call your my, all my days, Nizharti, I was careful, Shalolasis Malocha, not to do any work. Now he adds in, V'shaloi la'asek v'atorah, and not to be oisek in Torah, k'sha'omadzi mimitoti, when I stood up from my bed, when I got up, ad she'ekho kriyashma ve'espalot, until I would read kriyashma odav. So, no, understandably, you shouldn't get it, we'll see later on, you're not really supposed to start doing work and things like that before davening. Fine. It says Tosus, look at Tosus here. Sh'lo'elo imo sonoch nimitoti, says Tosus, on the right hand side. He wouldn't do any work until he does. The Rashi Pirish, the Rashi explains, even to learn. It's also to learn before davening. Interesting, he says, Rashi says, Oisik. There's a little bit of a difference between Limud and Eisek. Eisek normally implies you're much more engrossed. But al he says, Rashi says, it's also to learn before davening. I don't know where Rashi gets that from. Tosis more than that. Moreover, I've got a proof that it's, it's mutter to learn before davening. Because later on in the second parak, we say, the Rav would be maxim, he'd get up early and he'd wash his hands, and he'd teach, he'd learn, Whatever he had, whatever he was, uh, his share, the Kori Kriyashima, then he'd read Kriyashima, Kimotas Man Kriyashima, when it came to the time of Kriyashima. Sorry? Oh. So he's mentioned one, one very good answer for Rashi. The Rashi's talking about, this is what the Rosh says, we're talking about somebody, right, before, in fact, before we come to the answer, let's make sure the question is clear. The Totus is asking, I don't know what Rashi's talking about, and on the contrary, I've got a proof. I've got a proof that it's mutter to, to learn before davening, because that's what Rav did. He said the authors used to get up, wash his hands, make bricks of learn, teach, whatever he used to do, and then, when it came time, Kriyashma used to read Kriyashma and Kriyashma. So, you see, you're allowed to learn beforehand. So the first answer is the Rosh. The Rosh says, the Rosh he's talking about, somebody who's learning on his own. Okay? Because the, the proof is, that Rebbe, I mean, Tosis could have brought this proof, one daf early on, daf Yud Gimel, it says that Rebbe used to give his share before davening. And when it came time, he read Kriyashima. Rav Ashi, I could, have, I could have also proven it from Rav Ashi later on, on daf Lama, it's the same thing. 
In the sugi there about Ravashi, he tucked it down beforehand. But the sugi there, you can see that some of them would give their share, and in the middle they'd say Kriyashana. So therefore, it's only a problem if you're learning on your own, and, but another Nakuda is, you're learning on your own, let's say in a base some address. And therefore you normally, I mean now if you did this you'd be called a Shigat for this, but, that uh, you, you learn in a base some and you never dump them with a minion. You learn in your base some and you dump them with a Chizah, say you dump them on your own, so therefore there's concern, you're getting so engrossed in your learning, as Rashi says, you're Oseik in Torah, that's what we picked up upon, you get so engrossed in your learning, that you'll forget all about, you know, the time, and suddenly you realise, oh, what's the time? None fillers, none Kriyashma has passed. So that is going to be one problem. But, if you're somebody, yeah, you learn, but then, you, you know, shul is at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, whatever it is, you always go to shul to daven, then we rely on your schedule. Another way around it is, if you're learning the Beit HaMedrash and the minion comes to you, but then obviously, it's unlikely you're going to be so engrossed in your learning, and no one's going to remind you, we're not Seshish for that. So the problem, says the Rosh, is only, and this is Paskin the Halacha, is only if you are learning alone, and you're not planning, you never go to shul to daven with a minion. You're learning alone, no one's going to come in to remind you, which obviously, obviously leads us on to another heter, which is, if you, we mentioned last night, if you appoint a shaman. If you appoint somebody and say to him, can you remind me, then uh, that will be talked about alarms last night, alarm clocks, the sleeping, we mentioned that as well. But uh, if you appoint somebody as a shomer, refer back to the previous handout where we, we spoke in, uh, speak more, in more detail about that, uh, about the halakha of appointing a shomer. You obviously, with all the conditions fulfilled, you would be able to appoint a shomer who's not learning himself to remind you when it comes time for tefillah. Okay, that's one head. Next, except, oh, I should, have said, should I say exceptions? If you're not learning on your own, you're going to dub them in a shul. Next exception is, another way of answering up for Rashi is, the Rashi is talking about, because look, look what, what Tosis Raya brings from Ra. As I said, you can bring a Raya from Rebbe. And the best Raya perhaps would be, and it's what I'm about to say is, later on you find, with, with um, Ravashi, the whole thing you're there, it's on Daf Lama. It's clear we're talking about before it was too early to daven. If it's too early to daven, well then obviously you can learn. Just like before Mincha, before Maris. If it's, you can't get daven Maris, it's not even Soma from Islam we spoke about, then you can definitely, you can eat, you can learn, whatever it is. So we're talking about before the Zman. That's what Rashi's talking about. So, that's what uh, the Gemara later on, sorry, the Gemara later on is talking about. It's before it was the time for reading Kriyashima. But if it's his man for reading, that's what Rashi says. Rashi says, some of you gets up, you could daven, now you can learn. Says Rashi, you better go and daven. If it's the time for davening, you have to daven. And again, this is brought Lalo. Brought Lalo. I'll come to that in a second. I'll come to that in a second. But, about being master. But, see, what's called this, what's called this man of davening? So the Zman is mostly Amut HaShacha, Alit HaShacha. When it comes daybreak, that's called the time for Daven. Once it comes Alit HaShacha, you only get up Alit HaShacha, you've got a Daven now. Some say, however, that after Alit HaShacha, it's not really the ideal time for Davening. It's just before Hanit, enough time to Daven, get up to Kriyashma just before Hanit. That's called the time. So let's if you get up 70 minutes before Hanit, you could Daven, but it's not really the ideal time if you can avoid it. So you can Daven later. So therefore, you'd still be able to learn. It may, um, it may depend on whether you normally govern, you're much better to govern with Honet, or after Honet, 
or whether you're happy to daven with Alis HaShach HaNomi. But that's the, the two opinions. But, as you correctly said, what happens if, and you could ask this either way, if a person did begin to learn, wrongly or rightly, does he have to stop when it comes time for a reason Kriyashana? So if you started before the time of davening, before the time of Kriyashima, then you definitely don't have to stop. Obviously, that go- it goes without saying, unless there's a chashash, you may miss, <coughs> you may miss the zman. If you know yourself, you're suddenly you get carried away, or you're going to be learning for so long that by the time you finish, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be too late. That's obviously a difference. Okay, so obviously you have to stop there and then and say, that's always our loss. But if you know you have plenty of time afterwards, and you started the headset, you don't have to stop at all. If, however, you started wrongly, it was already the time for davening, you shouldn't have started learning, and you did, then, for davening, you don't have to stop. For Shemona Esra, you don't have to stop. For Kriya Shema, some say you do, some say you don't. I can't tell you what to do, but that's... Some say you do, some say you don't. Mr. Brewer brings both. He says, originally he says you don't, but Yesh Omim, some say, for Kriya Shema, you'd have to stop, because obviously Kriya Shema is very writer, it's got a shorter period of time, Kriya Shema is different. So again, if you started correctly in the right time, for Heta, you don't have to stop. But if you started wrongly, you shouldn't have started and you did, then for dominating you definitely don't have to stop. But for Kriya Shema, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Depends on the opinion. If you, if you start after this well before Hanate, then I suppose you could argue that you've got like a, a bit like a double stop that you've got more to fall back on even the Gabi Kriya Shema. Because number one, according to some, this is not really the time for davening, and number two is, some say anyway for Kriya Shema, I don't have to stop. Yeah, that's a good point. Could be. And there's a third exception now. And this is very Negea to us. Obviously, we, we've got quite a few here. Obviously, we may have started after the time of Spiro, but we're learning in a shul there's going to be a minion soon. Not a problem. But, there's another hassle for us, and that is, this is something that Rabbi Yono mentions, and it's brought La'alofa, is, if it's a public shir. If it's a public shir, then we say the Zuchos HaRabim outweighs this, uh, this worry. The people will, and therefore, because we say, when it comes to a public shir, if you postpone it, people won't stay on, you know, you say, well, we'll have the shir after davening, they'll say, we're going home for breakfast. They're not going to stay, and if even one person misses out as a result of it, it's not worth it. Zuchos HaRabim overrides it. So the kitzah, there are three main, Lalochov mentioned three main exceptions. Number one, if you always daven with a tzibur, you always daven with a, with a tzibur, with a minion, you don't have to worry if the tzibur are going to come to you. You've got to show you, man. Now there's, a, there's a, 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 like a built-in reminder for you, that would be one hetter. Number two is, if you start before the zman of davening, whatever that time may be. And number three is, if it's a public share. So share, then you've got the zikot rabim that outweighs. I'm saying that it's a public share. Well, I mean, maybe not literally one, but uh, in other words, if one person is going to say, well, I wouldn't learn, I'm only going to learn before davening, and um, I'll come to your share, because you may say, well, you get, many people will come, you know, even after davening. But it seems, even if you've got one or two, let's say two people who will say, we're not going to, this is the only time we're going to make it, we're worried, that's what we're worried about. Okay, so that's the, that's the, the main Allah is there. That's the end of that one, that he was Makpich, they mitosi, sorry, they spidosi, somos mitosi. Let's go to the second thing he says now. Where have we gone? Yeah. We're now four lines down. We're crawling through this. But, uh, 
um, that my, my bed should be placed in the sun of being soft and adorned between the north and the south. So, Omar Rabbi Chama Rabbi Chanina. Because he said, Omar Rabbi Yitzchak, in the name of Rabbi Yitzchak, Kalanesi Mitosa being soft and adorned. Anyone who places his bed between the north and the south, have your name Bonim Zechorim, will merit, merit uh, male children. Shinema says, Utzfuncho, which we're darshaning as an expression of soften to the north. And if you place your bed to the north, to Mali Vitnom, their womb will be filled. Yisku Bonim, they will be uh, satiated with children. Rabnatan by Yitzchakamahi used to say, Af Einishtam Apelas Nefolim. His wife would also not miscarry because Ksiv Hoch, it writes over here, Utswunchot Malibitnam, Ksiv Hoch, and it writes over there, Vayimlu Uyameholo Ledeh, and her days were, the days of pregnancy came to an end, the time to give birth, the Nesem in Bevitnam, behold, there were twins in her womb, Beth and Beth, and you've got this, this connection. Fine, she says that he'll be Zechet to a healthy birth. Fine. Now, first of all, what does this Gomorrah mean? What does it mean that bed should be between north and south? Does that mean lengthways, the length of the bed should be between north and south, or the width of the bed. What would you assume? Length, that's what you'd assume. Okay, so let's, let's have a look at Rashi. I mean, I sh- should ask another question, we, if, just a couple of things to bear in mind. That's number one, what direction are we talking about? Number two is, does this, what, what's the basis for this? Is it because if a person's wife is with him, because of Tashmish? Is it because some sleeping is a problem for some reason? What's the basis? So if we take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, Sofa in Ladorim. Now we really are about a quarter of the way up. Sofa in Ladorim, Rosha Umar Goloseho, Rashi says clearly, the head and the feet of the bed, Zela Sofen, Vizela Dorim. This one to the north and this one to the south. In other words, the head of the bed should be to the north, ideally. It's not so ma'aki which way the head and the feet. Ideally, the head of the bed to the north. Why? It says, Rashi, Venera Be'ina, it would appear in my eyes, Sha'a Shekhinah Be'mizra, Obamara. The reason is because we know the Shekhinah is in the east or the west. Levichot, therefore, not in the Hosei, Derech Tashmish, the Ruchet Ha'feris. It says, Rashi, the problem is therefore when husband and wife have, have a relationship, it should be, we don't want it to be between the east and the west. So therefore, that's why the bed should be directed between north and south. So seemingly, Rashi says, I mean, definitely says, north and south means lengthways. That's definite. But more than that, Rashi seems to say the Isser, or the Indian, is only with regards to somebody with their wife. Take a look at Tosis now. Tosis says, Koranose mitoso bein sofen nador v'chudu. That's Tosis again. Velo bein mizrach namarov, not between east and west. V'davka kashiyoshi nemishto, davka when he is sleeping with his wife, Sounds like, literally, when his wife's there. Because the Shekhinah is found between the East and the West. And it would be a Genai, would be a repulse, it would be a disgrace to lie with his wife, Tashmish, because of Tashmish. And so is Mashma and is apparent from the Pesukim. Now, does Tosus mean, therefore, only if one's doing Tashmish, or does Tosus mean even just some if his wife is present? Oh, that's what I would have thought as well. 
the cut-off. That, 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 that's also the way I would have... From Tosis, it sounds like he's gone a stage beyond Rashi. It sounds like that, um, that it, it, it's, uh, even if a person, even if there's no Tashmish there, some to sleep, because he may come to Tashmish, it sounds like he's gone beyond that. Fine. Maybe Rashi means that. It could be Rashi means that. Rashi's not clear. Fine, so far, so good. It's clear. So far, Rashi, Tosis, we're talking about north and south, and it's because of Tashmish. So the if is only if one's wife is there. Now take a look at the Rambam. The Rambam is printed on the sheet. Um, on page 3, the beginning of direction of the bed. The Ramam is in Hilfah's Beit Abakira. Before we begin, it's well worth noting that is a, there's a Gemara later on in the night parrot, which talks about as well the direction when one goes to be excused. Remember those days especially, they used to go out into the fields, it was open, they'd go out into, uh, obviously where there was, weren't people around, what direction a person should face when being excused. And the Gemara says there, with the way the Raman Paskins, we'll, we'll see it in greater length at a later date, but not between east and west. And the Raman puts, mentions this halacha first. Also, La'odam, says the Raman, it's forbidden for a person, she to excuse himself, or to sleep, between east and west. I don't need to tell you, says the Raman, definitely do not fix your, the, the toilet between east and west. Wherever it is, because the Hechol is towards the west. And he goes on, he goes along that, uh, that line, he continues there. There's two points here in the Ramam. Number one, the Ramam says, it's also, we mentioned this, this last week, where does the Ramam get from that it's also? That's a very surprising, because the Gemara says, it sounds like it's just a very good thing to do. The Ramam says it's also. And number two is, the, Rash, the Ram says, Shegishan, that he should sleep. Now, although there are those who say he means with one's wife, it doesn't say that in the Ramam. It sounds like in the Ramam, and this is where it's brought La'alofa, from the Ramam is, that he even stands to sleep. Now, the question is, why would that be a problem? What's, what's, what's the problem with sleeping between... Yeah, but that was about Yaakov Alvina, and he was in the Mokka Amigdash. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. So I'll tell you, the Taz says, and this is very, very important now, because, because, you see, you have to realise, the Shulchan Aruch brings Paskins exactly like this Rambam. He says, also la'oda. It's also for a person. Simon Gimel's evolved, it's also brought in Simon and he passes also la'oda. And the Taz says, you're going to see, he says, I don't, I don't agree, and I definitely don't understand where the Shulchan Aruch is coming from. He says, I understand the Rambam. He says, I'll explain to you the Rambam. Because we have to understand that the, there is, there's a whole Gemara which discusses here, Shalmi, Abavli, when it comes with regard to excusing oneself, so what happens if there's a Mechitza there? There's a partition between him and the, the East. And obviously he's excusing himself directly by a partition. So then, there is an opinion in the Gemara, and this is the way the Shulchan Aruch passed in, it's not a problem then. Because you've got some Mechitza there, not a problem. The Rambam, however, doesn't mention that. It seems he's passing and this is the way the Beis Yisrael understands the Rambam, that even with a Mechitza, it doesn't help you. So says the Taz, the Gevald Gechak, he says, when it comes to Tashmish, Obviously, understandably, it can't be done in the open. 
When it comes to a person having a relationship with his wife, it's in a room. So in which case, there's mechitzas there. So, in which case, he says like this. According to the Rambam who says mechitzas don't help when it comes to toilets, excusing oneself, it won't help with, with regards to Tashmash either. So therefore the Rambam says, also, it's also, I, Abbin Yomin, says, oh, Kod Yom Ahil, you see, it's time, I'm trying, it's a good thing. Yeah, it could be Abbin Yomin help, like their opinion, which says that Mechitzas do help. But we, the Rambam says, we pass him, the Rambam himself pass him, Mechitzas don't help. Therefore the Rambam says, also. But says the Taz, I don't understand you, Shulchan You, the Shulchan Oracle, pass him, that Mechitzas do help, so it should also help with regard to this halacha here, with regard to Tashmish. And therefore the task is very, very important, this task, because the task says, therefore, I disagree with the Shulchan Aruch. Yeah, maybe a good thing to do, because we said, but one's not mukhuyu. You don't have to start changing around your, your, your home because of that. The task says, I disagree. Now, as for his question, one of the, in fact, one of the questions is that uh, the Taz says, he says, how can you say that it's, how can the Rambam put it together with this halacha? This is one of the questions he asks. He says that it should go together with, with um, or he put it this way, he says, how could it be worse? How could it be worse than when a person's being excused? If Mechitzah's help when it comes to being excused, the Shulchan Aruch says, if you've got Mechitzah, you've got a partition, then we're not worried. He says, how can it be worse when it comes to Tashmish, when it comes to being with, with, with one's wife? How can it be worse? He says, Tashmish is a Dovah Shabikdusha, and being excused, I understand it's not a, it's definitely a Ganai to do that in front of the Shemitah, but definitely can't be worse. So how can the Shulchan Aruch be more Mahmir when it comes to, when it comes to um, one's bed? If when it comes to being excused, when it comes to a toilet, the Shulchan Aruch passes that Mechitzas do help, therefore you don't have to worry about your toilet, what direction it is. So then, culture came, it shouldn't be a problem. How could it be worse when it comes to a bed? To, to that, we start to have an answer. Because, I mean, there's a couple of answers. The Morgan Avron already alludes to a couple of answers. Number one, he says, because it could be with a toilet, there's a hacker. Because, theoretically, a person could, halakhically, you don't have to go behind the machita. A person, I mean, nowadays you see, you see, you know, it's a little strange to do it, but you could go out into the field and do it. Halakhically, there's no problem. See, if you've got a mechitza, that shows an kovei dashchena. He says, tashmish, it's forbidden to do without mechitzas. It's forbidden to do out in the field. So it doesn't show any kovei to the shechina by having mechitzas there. Therefore, the only way to show kovei to the shechina is by doing it in a different direction. That's one answer. But the second answer is very, very interesting. He says, the second answer, he, sa- is, he says, he alludes to this, is that you're wrong. Tashmish is worse. Do you know why Tashmish is worse than, than, uh, than, than toilet? Because with a toilet, the Shekhinah's not there. The Shekhinah doesn't go into the toilet. Even the Malochim the, the brought down, don't, don't go into Gemara, says brought the Halochim, the Malochim don't go into the toilet. The only thing is, but where's your toilet? You've got to define where the, where the Beit HaKita is. So you put a partition there. So that helps. You put a partition there, Gemara, that's good. So the Shekhinah won't be there, I've got no problem now. But with Tashmish, he says, why should the Shekhinah be there? He says, Dovah should be Tashmish, the Shekhinah's in the room at the time. So therefore, one's got to have a little bit of respect for the Shekhinah and do it in a different direction. That's the way, that's the way, um, 
based on the Morgan Avro, we could answer up for the Shulchan Aruch, at least partially answer up why it also maybe is, is, is still a question. We can understand why it should be worse than, than, uh, than the Beis HaKetzer, which is obviously going to be very important to understand the shift of the Shulchan Aruch, because we'll see in a second why. I don't know. Well, we'll see what the Zaya says in a minute. But, but um, finally, one last point before we see how it sort of wraps up La is the Malvin has a very interesting take on the Rama. The Malvin says that, he says, why does the Rama put it together with La of being excused? Surely there are two different ballgames. I mean, one's got nothing to do with the other. You know, w- w- when it comes to, to uh, you know, Tashmish, a person's covered there. Has to be covered, you know, it's got to be done with sneers. What's one? He says, the answer, this is the clue to the Ramah. The Ramah says, Lo Yishon, you shouldn't sleep. Why does he say you shouldn't sleep? The answer is, the Ramah has got nothing to do with Tashmish. What's the problem? The problem is, you have to realize in times gone by, they didn't sleep with pajamas. They used to sleep without clothes. No, they had a blanket over them, but yeah, when a person sleeps, the blanket can come off. So he says, therefore, the issue is exactly the same as when a person goes to be excused. The problem is, a person has to uncover himself. And that's not covered for the Shekhinah. To be facing east to west, if the Shekhinah there, it's, it's a problem. When a person goes to sleep, there's a halakha, a person should be lying on his side. Left side, the right side, but he should be lying on his side. Therefore, if the bed, and this is where the Marvin comes out with a, uh, uh, with a very important nafkamin. He says, if a person lies on his side, yeah, He's going to have, he's going to be facing towards the Shekhinah. Okay, now we have to work out what that means. Says so the Malbis, he wants to prove based on this. I haven't mentioned this yet. So far we've only seen Rashi, Tosis, the Gemara. But the Zayar says, the way it's brought down, the Natan Azariah brings it down, is the complete opposite of the, of, the, of the Gemara. It's the width of the bed shouldn't be between the east and the west. Should be, shouldn't be between the north, should be between the north and the east. In other words, the head of your bed should be to the west, and the feet of the bed should be towards. Mamish causes us problems now. You, you know what do you do? Unless you put it on an angle, which is mentioned. The Malvin says the best is put it on an angle, but um, it's. And the Malvin wants to say, based on his what he's just said, he says, I believe the Ramam holds that desire, because he says since the whole problem is, think about it, where a person hit the parts which are uncovered are going to be facing the Shekhinah. So think about it. If your bed is between the north and the south, so when you're lying on your side, the parts which, which uh, are uncovered and are going to be a, a Ganai for the Shekhinah are going to be facing east and west. Yeah? Correct? Think about it. So therefore he says, therefore he thinks the Ramah means like the Zaya, you should have it the other way round. You should have your bed between the east and the west. Okay, now this, what, why are we going through so many opinions there? Because it's all going to be important now, Lotha, because otherwise people are going to go home now and start changing around. You're going to have to change your rooms around. If, if you've got the beds in the wrong, in the wrong direction. The one, one little thing about the Malvin is, what that got to do with Usfun Chotmani Vitzna? What's this one? It's worth mentioning, it's, it's a beautiful idea with Tamidir Abin Yonah. This idea of having the bed between the north and the south is because at the time of Tashmish, a person should arouse himself to think about the north and the west. What's the north and the west? In the Mishkan, you have on the north, you have the Shulchan. 
and on the south you have the menorah. We say the menorah is connected to Torah, and the shulchan is connected to Parnosa, to riches. That's why we say if a person, when a person davens, if you want to become wise, face to the south, towards the menorah. When a person wants to become rich, face towards the north. Now, that idea means, he says, it's not really idea, the bed being between the north and the south, that's not what it means. It means a person should think about this idea, they should be zoicher to, to uh, children who will be the shteal shulchanos, as we saw earlier in the Gemara. He should be zoicher the shteal shulchanos to both north and south. Children are great both in Torah and in, and in, also have easy paranoia. Based on all this, putting this all back together now, um, we may well suggest, by the way, that the... Okay, uh, uh, is it complicated enough? But, so let's just follow through. So what, what comes out of the halacha? The halacha, what does one do? The answer is like this. Ideally, this is what the Mishnah Brewer Paskins, ideally, if one has it like this, don't change it, because this is ideal, like the Shulchan Ideally, the bed should be between north and south. If, however, if, however, a person can't, it's going to make a major, you know, you've got to start, uh, get, you know, get, get a building in to re- start rebuilding the room or something like that, then, uh, or it's a major, it's going to, it's just not, it's not uh, feasible, then we've got enough, I think, three reasons at least, why we could say it's not such a problem. Number one, we've got the Taz. The Taz says, what did the Taz say? The Taz says, I disagree with the Shulchan It's a good thing to do. Midas Chafidus, but it's not, it's definitely not a Chiyot. Interesting. The one thing which I find very interesting is the Talmud is not brought by the Mishnah Brewer, not by the Ba'ayate. Not even doesn't even uh, appear. So, since the Mishnah Brewer didn't agree with the Talmud, didn't, didn't take on the Talmud. But obviously, the Talmud is somebody to to reckon with. Obviously, the second point is that um, not the third point is, but um, where's it gone? Yes, the second point is. Yeah. The, sorry, the second point is we've got the Zayar. The Zayar who says the a complete opposite. You should be between the east and the and the west. Okay? But and the third sorry, the third point is the Malvin. The Malvin says as far as I'm concerned, if the should be between the east and west. He says Alofa. He says number one, the Rambam holds like that. Number two, he says many hold like that, and therefore we've got this Machlok. So therefore, of course, we pass in generally generally that the Mishnah Bureau. No, but if you can, very good. If one can, have it between the north and south, especially as the Mishabura says, the Vilnagon says there's no Machlech, so Zaya holds like that as well. But if not, there's definitely what to rely upon. Even the Mishabura says, Lechat Chilot. Lechat Chilot have it like that, but not the end of the world, if not. One last point I should have mentioned is, is, uh, oh, before that, is La'alofa. If one's wife is not with them, if one's sleeping on their, on their own, so the Ramah, the Machada says, it, it's a good thing to do, maybe it's the Ramah, he says, it's a good thing to do to be Mahmed like that. Says the Mishnah Pura, based on the Malvin again, and the Malvin says it himself. But that's only if, because where's this thing of even if the wife's not there? Who says that? Who says that? The Ramah, it's based on the Ramah. The Ramah says, Lo Yishon, you shouldn't sleep. Implying, even if a person's sleeping on their own there. How does the Malvin explain that? Because in those days, they were wearing pajamas. So says the says the Malbim, but therefore if a person is wearing pyjamas, or a person has got a canopy around the bed, then it's definitely not an issue. Definitely no issue whatsoever uh, to sleep. And the Prima Gordon adds to that as well, so if a person is just taking a nap, you don't have to worry, you don't have to start moving the sofa around because, you know, it's in the wrong direction if you're just taking a nap. 
It's only if a person, the whole issue is only with a person actually going to sleep. So to sum up, again, north and south, that a person doesn't have to get too worried about it. Um, only, really, the, the, the ikazin is only if one's wife is there. There's room to be machne, if, even if the wife is not there, if a person's done sleeping on their own, but that will only be if a person is not clothed. Let's just do one final little bit. Toshim Tanya. Abba Binyomin Oimah. Three lines up. Abba Binyomin used to say, Shanaim Shanechna Sulis Palo. Two who go into Daven, because I'm Echot Nehem Lis Palo. And one of them preceded, he Daven, he sort of quickly Daven, but Oim Sinas Chavir, and he didn't wait for his friend. The Yotan, he goes out. Tofin notes for the Fonov. They'll tear up his fiddle in front of him. Shanaim, as it says, Tolif Nafshel Biapoi. Somebody who tears up his soul, which Rashi says means his filler, the upper with his anger, how the man called, because of you, Teodal Oret, should the land be forsaken. Below Oak Elo, not only that, but also Shegoyim Mishkinah should Tisalik me Israel, he causes the Shekhinah to go away from Israel. Shenem, as it says, um, it says that the Apostle says there, the Yetak Surmi Makayma, that the rock, referring to Hashem, as we'll see, will, be, will move away from its place. Being sur el akharish baruch the word sur means akharish baruch which as it says sur yolad chatesh you have forgotten you have ignored the rock who gave birth to you find tashem then hint in life a person does wait for that other person master chore what is his reward omar rabbi yisib rabbi chanina top of volvo medalev zeichel brachos halodu he'll merit the following brachos shenem as it says lu hikshapta the mitzvahsoi if only you would have listened to my my mitzvah which either means what does it meant to say? It means, number one, you would have done them properly, and you would have wasted for your friend so that he could do them properly. Or, that's one idea, or the word mitzvah comes from the word sabuto, which means to accompany. So in other words, if you would have wasted for your friend, <coughs> you would have been zeichet to peace like a river, and your zoko, your sidkus, would be like the waves of the sea, and your seeds, your children, would be like the sand, and the the uh, descendants of your, basically you'd have many descendants, the government, etc. In other words, tremendous um, process. If a person waits for another person so he can daven properly, then he'll be zeichet to many tremendous adults, uh, tremendous process. So Tosu, we don't have time to see it inside, but Tosu says this was only in those days, okay, because their, their shuls were out in the middle of the field, people were scared to be there on their own, they wouldn't be able to daven and kavana, and it's clear as well we're talking about only during the day. Only during the day, because then, uh, sorry, only at night. But, it's well worth mentioning there is, if you want Midas Chassidus, even nowadays to, it's a good thing to do even nowadays, La'alofa, the Ramon mentioned this, La'alofa, even nowadays to wait for the last person. Number two is, even during the day. But what if a person comes in, that's what the Re used to do. The Re used to wait, even if a person came in after him, he'd wait for him. What happens if a person comes in late? Do I have to wait for him? He came late. So strictly speaking again, you don't have to wait for him, because if he came late, he knows he's not going to finish in time. So obviously he's not worried. But again, Mrs. Chassida Suri used to, used to do so. And finally, what happens if the guy is still davening, he's not davening Shemeneth, he's busy davening his extra bachoshes and whatever, saying to him, then you don't have to wait for him. You're not obligated to wait for him. But if he's dumb, if he, if he came in the right time, even nowadays there is, it's a good thing to be machmir, to wait for the last person, if you can, that one, you shouldn't have a person left in there on his own. Rabbi Hanani ben Akash, 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 R